You're listening to World Talk Radio. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, hello, Power Partners. Are you ready to party today? Welcome to Radio's Finest Hour of Power. It is our party time as we celebrate Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I'm Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth success coach with tools for living. So get ready to pump your energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams through positive books and media. Today you're going to be hearing from Liz Kozlin about her near-death experience and how it changed her life in her newest book, Transcendental Sojourn. In segment two, Arthur Temple will be joining us as we take a journey into the abyss with his poetry of dark currents. And then we're all going to learn how to feather our nests and design a comfortable home that we will feel the stars in with designer Brenda Weiss's book, Designing with Fabrics and Color. So sit back, relax, and get ready for a terrific show. Well, Liz Kozlin had a near-death experience in 2001, which changed her outlook in life. She looks at the world in a totally different way, and she muses about the possibilities in the world and what is it and who is God. Liz is with us today. Welcome, Liz, to Be the Star You Are. Hi, Cynthia. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you. Well, your book, Transcendental Sojourn, it is a reflection and thoughts about living, and it all stemmed from your near-death experience that happened back in 2001. Could you tell us just a little bit about what you went through, because I know you said it was a brain in your aneurysm, and how it really changed your life from one that is now seeing the difference in just the little changes in life and how we should all be looking at life and kind of through different lenses. Sure. Uh, back in, as you said, 2001, I uh, had a brain aneurysm, and I had no idea that I had it. Um, it's something that you just, there's no indication that you have uh, something like this. And you can't test for that either, can you? Um. <clears throat> I think not not really on a regular basis if they if they thought that you had something um, because of some people suffer from massive headaches when they have them, but most people don't even know they have them but you didn't you didn't have any symptoms right i didn't I yeah. didn't have headaches i you know just going along had no idea whatsoever um but on that day, uh, which was actually the day before Easter back then, I was on an Easter egg hunt uh, helping kids, you know, look for their eggs and stuff like that. It was like um, like getting hit with a baseball bat. It, mm. it was unbelievable, and it, and it happened in a, plit, a split second. Um, 
And I went to the ground, and uh, eyesight went blurry, and um, body stopped kind of working, and uh, it was very, very scary. And rushed to the hospital. They found out what was wrong, brain surgery, told my family I'd be in uh, coma, uh, convulsions, seizures, all of it. You know, they have to prepare the family. And the next day, I woke up, and um, the... The brain surgeon was absolutely amazed. Well, it wasn't uh, your time, was it? No. (laughs) It wasn't your time. It wasn't my time. No, and, you know, probably one of the reasons, we always say there's a reason, we never know what, but you needed to write some books. What happened is, absolutely, as I was healing, I started writing about the uh, experience, and what I found was um, the best gift that, that happened of all of it was to take a look at my life take a look at myself and take a look at what's around me and decide what I want and notice the absolute beauty that is in this world. I know we hear a lot of stuff, and I know that a lot of times the news is negative, but human beings have done fantastic things every single day, every day. They, they go to work and they support this country and they and they take care of their families, and they solve problems, and they help each other. And, and what has become clear to me is we don't give ourselves any credit for the amazing things we do every day. What an amazing a concept, you know, an amazing realization that you came to there, and I'm really glad you're sharing that. We are talking with author Liz Kozlin. Her book is Transcendental Sojourn, Arrival to One Journal. And it's so true because we very we take so much for granted. We take the little simple things for granted. And what I get from your book is this incredible amount of appreciation for just the subtleties of life and, as you just said, for just the simple things of getting up and doing what we do every day, no matter how mundane it seems, it really is miraculous. Absolutely. We, we seem to, it almost becomes uh, commonplace, but it's not commonplace at all. You're solving things every single day, and, and, you're, and you're working hard every single day, and you're taking care of the people around you every single day, and you are becoming a better person every single day. That's, that's incredible. You should well, be looking in the mirror. Well, and really what I feel is your message in your book that you hope people will take away from that is to take a look at yourself, take a look at the world that is revolving around you and see it in a bright, beautiful light and see yourself as part of this incredible universe that each of us has the ability, the responsibility to make a difference in. And it doesn't matter what it is that we are doing, that everybody's important. Oh, incredibly important. I think every single life here on Earth is incredibly important. Uh, as you tr- uh, treat others in positive and considerate ways, you have affected that life. And on the other side, in a bad way, you've affected it too. And what I'm saying is you can make such a difference by affecting a child's life, by affecting a parent's life, by affecting a friend's life in a positive, constructive, and meaningful way. They will be affected and changed by what, how you treat them. 
Well, you have also written other books. You wrote uh, One Voice, uh, Unexpected Knowing, and you wrote A Notice for Arrival. And in all of your books, you have this message that we really are valuable and that we need to look inside ourselves and see the value that we bring not only to ourselves but to the people around us. But even when we're on our path and we're doing what's right, it doesn't keep us from disappointments and heartache and bad things happening. And you've had examples of that in your book, too, because it, uh, besides your near-death experience and coming out of that, you have had you know, challenges in your life and, and relationship issues. Could you deal with it, talk about this for a moment? Because people tend to think that, gosh, if, we're, if I'm doing God's work, Nothing's going to go wrong, but that's not true. Oh, that's not true at all. Uh, You will always be challenged because, uh, first of all, if everything was handed to you, there would be no appreciation for it. You wouldn't have to work hard to uh, better yourself or better others, and there's a joy in there. There's a joy in working towards something. And things happen to teach us. Uh, there may be something we don't understand yet, and things happen to teach us, but it's the perspective of looking at that. It isn't the world punishing you. That is not what's happening. You are happening to the world. There's a difference there. You are happening to the world, and things will come into your life that need to be dealt with, thought about, reevaluated, and it's always your choice on how you're going to react to it. Did you feel that you had this insight and this very wealth of spirituality before you had your aneurysm? I would say I was spiritual um, beforehand. I have come to a deeper, much deeper understanding of spirituality and and how it happens in my life. And the difference now is that God is my best friend. Let's talk about choice, because this is a very big topic in your book. Again, we're talking about the book, Transcendental Sojourn, Arrival to One Journal. You can go to Liz Kozlin's uh, website, www.lizcoslin.com. Learn more about her, about her book, uh, buy the books, and her other books. But one topic that is very evident is life is a choice. We have a choice. We can be positive. We can be negative. We can see things, you know, in a good way. We can see it in a bad way. Let's talk about choice. Okay. Uh, With people's lives, you are responsible for your life. Your life is yours. So everything that happens in your life is up to you. And the choice when something, let's take something that's really bad happens. You can choose to be very bitter about it or you can choose that it's a learning experience or that it is something that just happened. Sometimes in life, things just are. You're not going to know why, and you're not going to ever answer the question of why is this happening to me. That's never going to be answered. Sometimes accidents happen. Sometimes weather happens. Sometimes, you know, situations occur. It just is. But in thinking that it just is, there is no fault. There is no bitterness. There is no um, thinking you did something wrong. 
And that's just a change of mindset. And you can choose that kind of mindset. I think it's very important what you just said because accidents do happen. And so often people are always saying, why me, poor me, or especially if it involves a child or there's a tragedy in some way. We often wonder, you know, is there anything I could have done more to prevent it or whatever. But the bottom line is what you said is so crucial is that when things happen, we can choose how we respond to it. Everything in life can either be a lesson, and when it's a lesson, it's a blessing because we learn from it and we can move on. Or if we choose to see it in a negative way, it, it tends to bring other, more negativity into our lives because we're questioning, et cetera, more. So I think that choice, that the choice on how we respond is absolutely critical. Another issue that you address is the topic of control. I would, I would like to uh, talk about that because as Americans, we tend to like to be in control of our destiny, of our circumstances, of the people around us, our job. But, you know, we're really not in control of anything. <laughs> not really a thing, <laughs> except the choices you make. And we have heard a lot of times, you know, always be in control, uh, always get things to turn out the way you want. The more you try to do that, the more frustrated you're going to be. And this is something that did change for me. Um, I, I won't say I was a control freak, but I did keep check on everything almost. I kept, you know, um, just a, a, a finger on almost everything in my life to make sure that it was the way I thought it should be or, or something like that. And after this, I realized, you know, you can do that all you want, but you are not, you can't make especially other people do anything. You can't change a person. You can't um, control what's going to happen even in business. You have to react to what's happening. And, and it's a, it's very freeing to let go of that. It's very freeing to say, you know, I'm just going to see what occurs and I'm going to deal with what occurs today because it's going to occur anyway whether you think you're stopping it or not. It is. And, you know, <laughs> what, one of the things that you write in your book is about the importance of being a human being. You actually say the most precious creature on earth is a human being. And to me, that answers the question there. We are human beings. We're not human doings. So in being a being, we don't have the control and when we finally recognize that we just give it up to god we you know and we just we let go basically and then we will learn how to accept and be more in the flow and to make choices that are going to work for ourselves and for others and what's interesting also about control is that the more you try to have it the more you'll miss the opportunities that are coming along because you're not open to seeing them you're open you're you're just involved in controlling whatever's happening so you're not open to all the things that are coming at you and opportunities will always come at you as you travel the life you're supposed to travel they will always come right to you so yeah. the key then is is to listen to our hearts and Absolutely. to really follow what it is that we're believing in there and to, to welcome all the openness that's out there. Instead of just trying to make things happen, let things happen. 
Well, the name of the book is Transcendental Sojourn, A Rival to One Journal. The author is Liz Costlean. Her website, LizCostlean.com, L-I-Z-C-O-S-L-I-N-E.com. And I am so happy that you are well now. So are you, you're healthy and are you writing more? Are you still journaling? Yes, I'm actually working on my uh, fifth. I'm about halfway through it, uh, which will be about how to do all of this. I, the other books were pretty much recognizing what it was all about, and this one is more um, how to, uh, and I call it the drive within. The drive within, how- the next step. Well, that you know, you you just said something to it so important. We first have to recognize who we are and what's next before we can actually go into action and implement it. Absolutely. So, good thing that you wrote the other books first. <laughs> it's been a, a progress, so it, that's what's been so amazing about it. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Liz, here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Again, the name of the book is Transcendental Sojourn, Arrival to One Journal. Go to www.lizcosline.com. That's L-I-Z. C-O-S-L-I-N-E. And we're going to look forward to your next book because we need those steps on how to. It's good, though, that we now can recognize who we are and start at least thinking about it. And we'll look forward to reading your next one. Liz, thanks for joining us here. And, Cynthia, I just wanted to tell you, you're just absolutely fabulous to talk with. Oh, Liz, thank you. It's been a pleasure, just a pleasure. And best of success for you and to you. I really enjoyed your book. Transcendental Sojourn, Liz Kosleen. Thank you, Liz, for being on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. When we come back from break, we're going to be doing a book of poetry. We're going a journey into the abyss, and that's with Arthur Temple and his book, Dark Currents. You are listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We'll be back in a minute. All I ever dreamed of This business of show business is No stroll in the park This business like no business can hold you in the dark Listen Listen, are you ready? The world is talking. Are you ready? World Talk Radio. Hi, my name is Crystal Goodfellow, and I am a volunteer with Be The Star You Are charity. I'm here today to ask you to consider making a contribution to this worthwhile organization that encourages and empowers families and youth at risk by providing literacy and positive programming please visit the website at www.bethestarur.org or call the offices at 877-944-STAR. Since 1999, Be The Star You Are has served more than 20,000 individuals and families and donated more than $850,000 in resources to improve lives. Be The Star You Are needs your support. You can donate your vehicle, buy our signature books, or make a contribution online. Everything counts, especially you. www.bethestarur.org or 877-944-STAR. Thanks for helping the kids. 
Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. You're listening to World Talk Radio. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, thank you so much for staying with me right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are always so excited to have you here with us as we bring you the authors and experts that will enhance your life and help you excel in the things that you need to do. Well, Arthur Temple had a difficult life. He suffered through an abusive childhood. He lost his job. He's lost friends and relationships as an adult, as well as enduring multiple serious illnesses. Because of his deteriorating health and a depression, he spent a couple of years inside, and it was in writing a journal that released him from his abyss. His new book is Dark Currents, A Journey into the Abyss. It's a book of poetry. Arthur is with us today to share it. Welcome, Arthur, to Be the Star You Are. Cynthia, thank you so much for having me on the show. And I would like to say a belated happy anniversary. Of course, I know in 2008 you were on the air for 10 years. Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you. We appreciate that. Now we're coming up on 10 years on the great work and service to others that you do through the Youth at Risk. Thank you. Yes, we are. This is the 10th year of Be the Star You Are charity. And Arthur, we're just, we're, we're so blessed and shocked because who would have known we would have made it 10 years? You know, grassroots, a lot of teen volunteers, and we really appreciate you being here with us and making that comment. So thank you. And that makes me think that you are feeling so great because your website starts off with Welcome to the Home of Anguish and Darkness. It is now 3 a.m. Where are you? Let's talk about your book of poetry, Dark Currents, because it really embodied what you were going through through in a two-year period of your life. And you have lots of different drawings in here that... I guess harness the rage or, or we're able to, to paint out the rage and the feelings and the fear and the sadness and the depression. Tell us how you got started and what was the impetus for actually writing in your journal and creating Dark Currents? Certainly. Let me, let me just say this first, Cynthia, that the book itself 
is relevant to everybody in the audience, and I'll tell you why, whether they listen to it live or through the archives. Because the book itself is dealing with situations of being defenseless and powerless, and I know everyone out in the audience has felt that sometime or felt victimized. Absolutely. But it's the triumph. That's the beauty of the book. And that could be through work, family, friends, lovers. There is some heavy stuff that's in the book that I went through, but you don't have to go through that. I'm sure there's people right now because of the economy that are maybe sitting at a job and their boss isn't very nice to them and they're in a situation that they feel trapped or a family situation, friends, lovers, husband, wife, everyone at one time. Uh, has faced that, and it, if it's not dealt with, it leads to deep-rooting feelings of fear and, and low self-esteem, and I think the book is a way to trigger emotional uh, and physical and mental states so that you could have the courage to face these challenges and not feel trapped and powerless anymore, and I think that's something that's relevant to everybody. Um, absolutely, kind of- absolutely, and I think the key here is that by writing down what you were experiencing, you were able to let out these emotions and feelings, and for other people to be able to read them, they can tap into their own emotions and what's happening in their life. Right. And to right. me, that is like a current that runs between all of us. That's, that, oh, yes, you did. I should have had you write the back of the book for you. <laughs> Well, that's what I got from it. I could just feel the electricity, do you know? And when I was reading it, I'm thinking, whoa, it's like a fuse. Yeah, I did it on purpose. I mean, not on purpose, but that's what I was going through. Basically, we went to a situation where my health was just getting out of control. I, I had multiple forms of cancer, but I had cancer at 19. Right. That's what I wanted you to talk about that first, because as a teenager, this had to be so traumatic. You had to have many radiation treatments, which later triggered a lot of the illness as an adult, correct? Right, right. Yeah, it, it, because the, actually the treatment I was given, they don't even do it anymore because it's so dangerous. It's basically a combination of injecting nut, mustard gas into your veins as a chemo. And if I remember correctly, I had multiple radiation treatments at high levels. Like they pushed it as far as it could, and then it was – I almost broke a record for how many radiation treatments I had. Now, did it save my life? Yes, but now – 20 years later, a lot of those subsequent side effects are hitting all my major organs where the radiation was from, and the radiation basically hit from my throat all the way down to my groin. So we basically, I'm basically seeing like seven different specialists. And how, but you're doing fine now. How are you dealing with that? Because now, I mean, your, your emotions, your attitude, you're looking at life in such a positive way. Is it that you're going through the medical treatment and at the same time through your writing about your experiences, it helped you get through it? Right, because in other words, I couldn't, I wasn't employed at the time when I was, I was under the care of like seven different specialists. Yes, and that's when you had to spend the two years. Yeah, basically. basically my, my whole life for two years was just basically doctors every day. My only I can't even imagine. With, 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 with the outside world was, um, and my wife works long hours, so I hardly ever would see my wife. It was just me getting up, going to doctors, and then coming back from doctors, which in itself was bad because my asthma had really got, uh, became out of control uh, since I moved back to New York because of the pollution and different allergens. So that was walking around to the doctors was also tough. So I decided to start writing things down. The first thing, yes, I did start going into a depression, and I started to remember the things that happened in childhood. And I decided this is something I've avoided my entire life. Let me actually write it down. Let's not avoid it anymore. 
Let's not avoid these situations anymore and start writing it down. So I just started keeping a journal. That's how it started. I started. And had you blocked out these things that had happened to you as a child because they were so horrendous to you? Absolutely. Okay, so this was actually your first awakening to it, uh, which it. by awakening to it, you were able to heal yourself. Yes, and even though the book has the, the anguish and the darkness and this type of stuff, I'm telling you that the it's the pain I'm going through. It, it was that pain I went through that led me to a point to let it go. And then well, go. see, that's to me is the beauty of it, Arthur, is that you had to go through the darkness in order to see the light. That's my point of the book. I yes, mean, it, and it, many people are afraid of the darkness, but all of us, have dark and light in us. And it's only when we can recognize, this is what I'm getting from your book, so if I've got it wrong, you correct me. But if it's only when we come in contact and we acknowledge our darkness that our light can truly shine. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's another quote I want to put in my book now. Okay. <laughs> that's two things you just I will gave be me. happy to quote you. You can, I, I need you to can change take the my entire back chapter of the book now. But the, yeah, exactly right. And, but a lot, you know, it took me a long time. It took me a long time. We're dealing with some childhood uh, situations that I haven't dealt with until now I'm in my 40s. But now that I dealt it, and it was painful, and, 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 and obviously the book does have some, like my website talks about darkness and anguish, but if you read the back of it, I'm talking to you that through this darkness and anguish and through the unfortunateness of, the, of some of the events I've been through in my life, that going through this is the only way to get out of it, in other words. But, you know, I think it was important for, I mean, to me it's important for you to write about this, not only for your own health, but the courage it takes to put it out for other people because there are millions of people who have been down that road and there are so many children who have suffered abuse and are still suffering in silence because they think that it might have been something that they did when they were never at fault. You're absolutely right. The first chapter is dealing with physical violence, sexual abuse, and some other uncomfortable topics. And you feel isolated, one, and number two, you feel like somehow it's your fault. And mm-hmm. there's so many adults running around thinking that way. I'm hoping to reach out to them to show that you are not alone. Subsequent to that, the people who haven't had these type of abusive childhoods might take a different look at their family and say, well, well Jesus, my family wasn't that bad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now, so I should appreciate a little more what was what was given to me. So I'm trying to touch base with the, these people, and I want to touch base with everybody because everyone, regardless of the horrors of physical or sexual abuse, has been in a situation that they felt defenses are powerless, and it, and and it, it hurt them, and it and it and it made them feel give them well self-esteem or made them feel bad about themselves. So it doesn't have to be necessarily as bad as physical and sexual abuse that happened in this book. I could still relate to you in the fact that at one time you weren't in power and, and you were restricted and you felt uh, you had no control over the situation. Deal with but, it. You're going to have to deal with these issues, though. You're going to have to deal with it front on. And, yes, the book is written for other people who have been through similar experiences that they may feel like, hey, you know what, it's not just me, and it wasn't my fault, and I'm not the only one that's out there. And that's the type of feelings, unfortunately, that build up and last until adulthood, until you deal with it. We're talking with author Arthur Temple. I love that, Author Arthur. Author Arthur Temple, and his book is Dark Currents, A Journey into the Abyss. The website, you can see more and read more, Arthur uh, F. Temple.com. Make sure to put that F in there, A-R-T-H-U-R-F, 
com, And it's poetry and written in a two-year period, and it's a book that everyone will identify with. And you know what I also feel, Arthur, when I read it is if we can get into our mindset when things are going wrong, that this too shall pass. Right. And to, that is a real big one because so often when we have terrible experiences happening to us, we do feel isolated. We do feel that we're the only one in the world that this has happened to. And as you said, you know, and it, maybe I caused it. You know, maybe it was my fault in the first place. But the reality is, is if we can somehow be proactive and turn our heads around it and wrap our hearts in a different way, we do have choices that can help us get out of the abyss. That's exactly right. I wish I, I need to listen to this program and rewrite it. Yes, <laughs> and you will be able to. Everyone, you'll be able to listen to the archives forever and ever. <laughs> forever and ever. And you'll go to his website and you'll be able to click on a button, ArthurFTemple.com, or, of course, you can come right here and you can go to uh, StarStyleRadio.com and we will always have the archives there and also on WorldTalkRadio.com. So, okay, Arthur, so let's get to the drawings. Tell me about the drawings. The, the drawings represent, each drawing represents the poem. I'm trying to bring out the emotion through abstract art to relate to the actual poem itself. Now, did you draw these at the time you were writing the poem? I, I wrote the poems and then went to each and every poem and drew something for that poem. But I meant, did you draw them at the time, you know, you were journaling, or did you draw um, these when you actually decided to put your work into a book form? When the book, when, when the, when the book. <laughs> when the, when the book, book, yes. The book. It's a Wookiee book. <laughs> <laughs> when the book went, was, was finished, yes, I decided to do the artwork after that. And how did that, that's a, a very interesting concept. How did it make you feel going back? and rereading this poetry and these words and the prose that you had written, and that meant you had to experience it all over again and feel it all over again. Did you find that your, your hand just sort of did automatic drawing that came from your soul? Was it effortless, I guess is my question? You just hit the nail on the head, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were really feeling it. Yeah, yeah. And actually, what's interesting is some of the art that's not abstract, and actually you can see what I'm drawing. I did that with my eyes closed. So give me your process. Tell us about what the process was. Because what, just so that our listeners can understand, we're talking about the book Dark Currents, A Journey into the Abyss, Arthur F. Temple. And what he has is he will have on one side of the page his poem or his prose, on the other side of the page the drawing that goes with it. Sometimes under the title of the poem, you'll have actually written, it, written the title in your handwriting, and other times that might be something is written on the other side. So you actually shut your eyes and did a drawing when you were thinking of whatever, whatever chapter you were doing? For the most part, yeah. A lot of, and with, with, but I think what's interesting is the times I've done that, it actually came out not even looking like abstract see a face or see something going on. I tried to do as much as uh, uh, just read the poem and feel the emotion and then try it. I've done it both with my eyes open and eyes closed to see what would come out. And I would do several of them and pick one that I felt that was closest to the emotional impact of the poem itself. I found it was interesting, uh, Chapter 4, when you, you wrote the word abyss, but there's no 
no drawing. It's just the word abyss. Right. And I, that gave me, that made me feel that I was in the abyss. Because right. it was a void. There wasn't anything there. And, and that's where, yeah. And, and, and that's what, and the abyss, I, and by that I mean you're basically, you're at the point of where your subconscious mind is just at its worst, really. You're in the abyss. You're in, you're in a, a, a void of nothingness. Right, right. That's what I got from it. It was, you know, the blank page represented to me the blankness in my life, you know, the, the nothingness that would be in somebody's life. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that is, so there's so much symbolism in here when you were writing. And does it, did it feel, uh, when you actually got it into book form, did you feel a freedom that was unleashed in you that maybe you hadn't experienced before? That's a great question. I, I could say, honestly, just of recently I felt free because when the book came out and I read it, it was, I couldn't read it. Was it too painful? It was too painful. I could never get past the first chapter. Mm-hmm. And so then I said to myself, all right, so this is another issue. Out. Let's deal with it. Let's, so I've actually learned... I had to really go through the experiences all over again by reading the book several times to the point where now I could read it without any uh, emotional attachment or reaction to it. So what it actually means then is now you have gotten to the point that you are feeling, you're feeling the powerfulness of the book and its completion. You You have released the issues and now the book can really help others because it's already helped you. Right, and now we're at a point of closure. Cause I That's a closure. Well, let's get out your website and, uh, and the name of the book again, Dark Currents, Our Journey into the Abyss, mm-hmm. Arthur F. Temple, and you'll go to ArthurFTemple.com. Find out more about it. It's very fascinating. You'll want to take a look at this. Arthur, thank you so much for being on Be the Star You Are, for writing this book, and uh, we will look forward to hearing more from you. And thank you so much for having me on the show and all the service you do for others. Thank you, Arthur. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are. When we come back from break, we are going in the house and we are going to decorate. Get ready for Brenda Weiss is coming on Star Style. Be the star you are. Back in a bit. I show where you are. Let the music start. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be the Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Are you living your dreams? 
Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan. Brian is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. You can be the star you are. You're listening to World Talk Radio. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are, light up the flames. Well, we are lighting the flames that burn brightly within, and we're going to be going inside to talk a little bit about decorating, one of my favorite, favorite topics. Would you just love to be able to design and decorate your home like a professional designer? Are you overwhelmed by the choices and the decisions that have to be made? Well, interior designer Brenda Weiss, a professional member of the American Society of Interior Designers, has come to your rescue with a very simple book that you can take home and do it yourself. It's called Designing with Fabrics and Color. And Brenda is with us today on Be The Star You Are. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Cynthia. How are you? I am doing well, and you sound great. Well, I was a little worried. I came down with laryngitis, but I'm going to just hang in there, and, and um, I'm happy to be here. Well, you know what, Brenda? It's show business, and as we say in show business, the show must go on. That's exactly right. <laughs> and thanks for being a trooper. We've all been in that situation before, that's for sure. Well, you have, have uh, written, and you have tons of pictures, hundreds of pictures, in this terrific book called Designing with Fabrics and Colors. And you know... So many people are just overwhelmed when it comes to anything in their house because they go into a department store and they see either rooms all put together and then, you know, they're going to have the same old, same old, or they're not sure how to work with colors and fabrics. So you have given them easy steps to do this. And besides your designer tips that you have on every page, what you have done is you have designed this book so that we do it in five steps. We look at the style of the home, we look at color combinations, which would be the main colors, we look at color temperatures, color values, and then we actually get into the fabrics and the color schemes. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you want people to use this book and some of the inspiration behind it. I know you've been a professional interior designer for 15 or 16 years, and you're in the Florida area. I just got back from there. It's so beautiful. Yes, it is lovely down here, very, very warm. Well, yes, Cynthia, I've been an interior designer for um, almost 20 years. Uh, Prior to that, I was in the field of counseling, um, and that's where I have a um, a, a professional um, master's degree. 
I went back to school for interior design for a third bachelor's degree because um, I was very interested in how people really responded to their environments. I do a lot of hospital interior design, healthcare design, med spa design, and homes. And I believe firmly that um, people need to have a great feeling in their own home. And in order to, you know, feel comfortable um, for the house to be the retreat from the rest of the world that it's supposed to be, to inspire, to nourish. And um, basically my book, I try to really condense it. The inspiration came one day when my sister and a, a friend, one after the other, actually called me asking me if I could help them redo a couple rooms in their houses. And I was very, very busy. I couldn't make it there. And my sister said to me, well, can't you just put something together that I can sort of follow? I like to go in the fabric stores. I'm not quite sure what my furniture style is, but if you show me something, a picture, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. And then if you could just put some fabrics together um, with some paint colors, lay the furniture out, you know my room, and just give me something that I can work from so I don't have to bother you. And I kept thinking, what, what can I do, what can I do? And then sort of, you know, that light bulb went off. And I first created a company that I just launched, and the book is attached to that. That's called RoomByRoomDesign.com with an X instead of the word by. And from that, I then developed this book that has over 300 fabric, paint, and paint schemes that are specific to exactly what your style is, whether it's traditional, contemporary, or tra- transitional, your color preference, your, um, your color temperature preference, because there's a big difference between cool rooms and warm rooms and cool colors and warm colors. And then lastly, um, once you make those four choices, again, it's on page six of those five easy steps, that will, in essence, land you onto a page from which you pick a color scheme based on the color wheel, contrasting, um, analogous, or monochromatic. And all of this is explained in the book with um, photos and designer tips. And the intention of it is um, is to be that designer that is on your shoulder, giving you a push in the right direction and making decorating simple and easy and not overwhelming like you had um, said in the beginning. And I love this designer on your shoulder. It's like an angel on your shoulder because it will really help you understand the basics of design and how to coordinate the fabrics and how to come up with the right colors and your furniture style. And so many people are afraid of this. And I want to go back to what your training is because in order to be a good interior designer, I have always felt you have to be a psychologist because you really do have to be a hand holder. You become almost a, a personal coach and you're, you're helping people so much. So you have combined your counseling and your degrees with your design just so perfectly well, Brenda. You, how, how wonderful. You really understand what makes people uh, tick so you can help them design the interiors for what's going to be best for them. And what a great environment that you're actually doing healthcare because 
we really need it in places where people are trying to get healthy. We need better design. So it's great that you're, you are there. That's exactly right. And, and the other great thing that I feel my book offers people, especially in the economy that we're, um, that we have right now, people are not buying houses. Now they're thinking, okay, well, how can I make this room look different? We've been here five years, ten years, it's getting worn, it's getting shabby. I want to do something totally different, but I don't know how. I don't really know what colors I want. I'm not even sure what my style. Maybe I'll go for something very fresh and different, you know, sort of make a a leap of faith and do something different, but they just don't know how. And certainly most people now are not going to be hiring their own interior designers and paying high design fees Besides which, there's always been people out there who, my sister included, my friends included, who love decorating themselves. They just are unsure about how to even make that first step. So now you have a That's cool. That's what the book is. Uh, the book is a great tool. Again, the name of the book is Designing with Fabrics and Color. The author is Brenda Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. I want to give both of your websites, and we'll talk about your book uh, uh, again. The, her design website is roomxroomdesign.com. It's room by roomdesign.com, but an X is between the two rooms. Or you can go to where you can see the book, and that's at brendaweiss.net, and then there you'll see the book there. And, you know, getting back to people love to do decorating, you know, we always kind of call them decorettes, right? Is yes. that there's Most people do like to get involved in some kind of decorating, but you're right. Right, right now may not be the best time to be hiring any kind of outside services. Perhaps it's good to get a consultation so you can get get on the right track, a couple-hour consultation. But then with the use of this book, you will have everything at your disposal to figure out how to use paints and fabrics. And one of the things you talk about with paints, which I've always been a big proponent of, is go out and buy the little sample bot, you know, the little sample jars, because mm-hmm. most of the paint companies have them now. Or if you can't find them in the paint company that you're looking at, go ahead and buy a quart and paint them on the walls and look at them in, uh, in the different light of the day to see exactly if this is the shade you want. It's paint's the most inexpensive way to decorate. Absolutely, and you're right, Cynthia. Um, when when um, when the sun uh, goes down, or when it starts to change during the day, or in a sunny day, or a cloudy day, paint will definitely look different. It will metamorphose. And so, when I go to make my my selections, I will always do much bigger samples, and I will just see what it looks like in the morning light. Um, even when I turn the lights on and off, because um, you know it will it will change, and sometimes it's not what you thought it would be. And, and again, I, in I the um, great the idea to paint on different scenes. walls, not just on one wall on one side of the room, because again, the way the light reflects in the room is going to make a difference. But the the colors, this is a great way to figure out what colors are going to work for you, and getting back to whether you're going to want warm colors or cool colors, and whether you're going to want dark or light, it, it, you can uh, do your whole room actually in monochromatic, but just using the different values. 
That's absolutely right, and also different textures of fabrics, different motifs. So you could do a room that is black and white, and you could work it in with solids and stripes and a tone on tone and get a very interesting, you know, shiny fabrics and soft fabrics like velvets and still get a very dimensional room and, and have a monochromatic, um, a, a monochromatic room. You could just have sh- uh, colors of, of yellows, you know, warm yellows. Um, uh, so it's, it, it gives a lot of variety. And again, I always like to establish my fabric schemes and then pull different colors out of that. So you could pull the greens out and play off the greens or you could pull the yellows out or the blues and still that fabric scheme would fit very, very well in either of those room colors. And many people are afraid of color, aren't they, Brenda? I mean, they're afraid they're going to overdo it, but yes, or, or underdo it, or mix wrong. But if you get pick up this book, Designing with Fabrics and Color, you're going to see that there really aren't any mistakes if you just follow the tips in here, because uh, Brenda goes to great effort to talk about what the effects of the color are. You, you have the color wheel in here so that you can see which is what colors go well with other colors, and also, I loved one of your tips that you talked about where white is a color, too. So often people will say, well, white is, you know, it's boring. It's not a color. But, hey, you could make white very, very interesting. Absolutely. I mean, there are a million colors of white. And um, when you get whites together, you can see the full range of colors, any, anywhere from the pale yellow whites to the blue whites, the gray whites, the green, and the pink whites. So, um, and then with intensity of color, you can also establish a very interesting um, palette for a room. Well, and now in talking about styles, you list the three styles, traditional, transitional, and contemporary. But within those three is where everything else falls. So a great idea that you present, too, is to pick up magazines and tear pull out some of the tear sheets. When you really like something, that's usually what you're drawn to. And then you can figure out what is going to be your main style by, by looking at magazines and things that really appeal to you. That's absolutely absolutely right. I call those styles the big three. And again, within each, and specifically within traditional, we have a full range of of um, specific sub-styles, such as British Colonial or Baroque. But basically, most people will fall within those three broad categories. And I have my own rule that I made up years ago called the 80-20 rule, um, because a lot of people would tell me that they're very eclectic. I would go over to their houses, and the house just did not look pulled together. It looked so eclectic that it actually was messy. Right. (laughs) Eclectic translated to messy. Yes. So my rule is the 80-20 rule. I say pick a specific style for for 80% of your space and then vary it, the rest of the 20% um, uh, left over with end tables or interesting fabrics or interesting artwork so that it looks unified, but it's not so matchy-matchy. You know, I, that's one of my pet peeves, Brenda, is when you, if you go to somebody's house and they literally have bought 
the entire suite of furniture from yes. the local furniture store, including all the fabrics that were shown on the floor. <laughs> I mean, that does not show your personality. And this is what you're trying to do, at least I think one of the messages in your book, the book is called Designing with Fabrics and Color, is to let people live in star style, as I would say, is to show your personality, let your own influences, your own collections, your own color choices and fabrics come out. And with the use of this book, you can do that. I believe so, and I think that this is, you know, everybody has an interior designer living in them. And, and they can and have you on their shoulder with this book. That's right, exactly. And and so it really is a guide. It's it's To me, it's a foolproof way to um, to come to a room scheme that you'll be happy with, but then it also teaches people not to be too afraid. If, if that blue is not the blue, then vary it, but at least you've gotten your confidence level up there and you've made the first step and you have all of these 300 fabric and paint schemes to work from. You can go into a store, you can tell the consultant there, I want this something, let's work towards this scheme. Because well, let's I believe give out this the website me. so people can do that. Remember, there's five easy steps in this book. The name of the book is Designing with Fabrics and Color. The author is Brenda Weiss. You can go to roombydesign.com. That's roomxroomdesign.com. Or you can get, go to her website, uh, brendaweiss.net. I want to thank you for being on here. Embrace your inner designer, everyone out there. Brenda, thanks for giving us the tools to design our our own rooms. We're out of time, so I, I thank you for being on the show and being brave enough to keep going. You were great. Well, thank you so much, Cynthia. I enjoyed it. Thank you again. It's been a great time. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thanks for joining me. Go to StarHappenStyle.com for more information or Be the Star You Are. Org, and we'll celebrate next week. Ciao for now. Let the music Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Be the Star You Are nonprofit corporation, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on World Talk Radio Studio A. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a seeker, a dreamer, courage to give. Every special...